Welcome to the Girl Dad Show, a professional parenting podcast. Each month, I interview entrepreneurs, leaders, and professionals who are balancing parenthood, life, and profession in the hopes to learn what it takes to be an amazing professional parent. Today on the Girl Dad Show, I'm interviewing Sandy Fowler. We talk about her entrepreneurial journey that led her to parent coaching, living all around the world and moving with kids, and really taking life circumstances and rolling with the punches. It's a really wonderful show about life and how to have a really good mindset about it, and I hope you enjoy it. Sandy, welcome to the Girl Dad Show. Thank you for joining me today. Thanks so much for inviting me to be here, Young. I love what you are doing because entrepreneurial parents, we need to know we're not in this alone, that there are other people doing this and get some inspiration and some support. So this is a great podcast. Oh, thanks for saying that. I, I love that you appreciate it. And um, I, I have a slight level of insecurity around what the heck am I doing this for? So I appreciate you saying that and giving me some validation. Uh, that makes a lot to me. Let's jump right into it. So why don't you tell the listeners what you do for a living? So I help parents and busy women find calm. I do mm. stress relief coaching and I lead yoga nidra guided meditations, which mm. I love because it's so easy to access for people who are like, I don't want to meditate. <laughs> nice. So I help them do that. And then I, well, at the time we're recording this, I still host a podcast, although I am wrapping it up right around episode 230 that will be ending, but it's a podcast for parents of teens and 20 somethings. Oh, wow. So wait, so you're, you're, you're shutting it down? I am. I'm going to leave it out there. I mean, it's a library of 230 experts yeah, sharing all... ideas and information with us that is timeless. The, the only thing that's attached to time and there are the conversations about COVID, but you know, those come and go and wax and wane. So there's still great tips in there yeah. anytime. And um, as I'm sure we'll be talking about, you know, how we balance our personal life and our work today, a lot of that for me is about boundaries. And I just came to a point where I was looking at things and yeah, something had to change. And so I decided it was the podcast, um, that there's a lot of great info there. So I'll leave that available for parents, but I just really need to focus on more of the, the one-to-one -one coaching work, you know, really helping parents. And like I said, busy women, because that's part of the, the parenting journey, right? Is we need to be calm to be able to be a good parent. If we're yeah. stressed out and, you know, pulling out our hair or yelling, yeah. That that's not happy parenting. That's not a happy childhood for our kids. So I really want to focus on that. I really want to focus on getting this yoga nidra meditation out more. I've been doing it in my community. I really want to get it out in a broader sense. So that's where my focus and energy is going to go. I definitely want to unpack that because it sounds like you are qualifying what success looks like for you both personally and professionally and as a business owner, uh, but also as a parent and also as a, a your, your, yourself here. And so that's really important to me because that's yeah. really like what I want to learn about. But I think that it, um, before we get into that, let's talk about how you got into this space. Um, what, what was your origin story? Like, how did you start your business? How, like, how did you become um, a coach for parent calming um, a specialty? <laughs> Yeah. So we're going to go real quick back to uh, when I went to college, I was actually a math geek. My bachelor's mm. is in mathematics and statistics. And over the 30 years since I graduated college, I have um, journeyed and experimented and learned tons of things. I never thought I would be an entrepreneur. I graduated college, went into the corporate world. 
And then my husband had the opportunity to work overseas. So I quit my job and went and spent mm. three years playing in Europe. And when we came home, we came home with one and a half kids. And I decided to, to stay home at that point, which I think was fine with my husband at first and then drove him insane because I just started volunteering. Yeah. And just volunteering and volunteering to the point where he looked at me one day. He's like, if you're going to be doing that much work, could you just get a job? Yeah. <laughs> but um, anyhow, as I moved through that short period of my life when the kids were really little and I was at home and eventually even actually we started homeschooling for a while. What I found was that I, I did have a desire to get back into back into working, but not in the workplace. And mm. so uh, without even realizing what I was doing, I started an entrepreneurial journey and I tried some different things. I tried some real estate. I tried some network marketing. I, I tried some other things and some of it I was successful at. Some of it I was not. Um, the real estate went really well. I was doing some creative real estate work, but I hated it. And mm. then it was also the beginning of the Great Recession. And I went, you know, to keep making money doing this, I'm going to have to do things that I don't think are very ethical. So I started looking for something else. Mm. And that's when I fell into coaching, not even knowing coaching was a thing. I just, wow. I ran across it and was taking a class and it was actually a class for, for coaches. Um, it was just something that sounded interesting. So I went, okay, yeah, I'm going to do this. Back when we were doing teleseminars instead of video and web everything. And um, what I discovered was that, yeah, I had things that people had been coming to me for. And at that time, I thought it was time management for moms. And over the years of doing this, what I discovered was, no, it was actually stress relief. The reason that moms liked working with me on their time, so these busy women, busy moms, is because the work that I did with them reduced their stress. And over the years, I took my geeky math side and I've become very interested in uh, neuroscience and meditation and all of those things. And so I have this, you know, East meets, East meets West thing going on, which is working really well for both me and my clients. So I've just, I've expanded that. And now that's pretty much what I do. That's so wild. So you genuinely like just were like exploring different things. You were trying to do yeah. like real estate and you're like, and then you went to this class and in your exploratory phase. And then how old mm -hmm. were your kids when you were going through this process? They, they were tiny. So, well, that's not, not tiny, tiny, I guess. So they, when, um, when I actually got to the point of creating an LLC and starting coaching, they were six and eight. Oh, wow. Wait, no, seven. No, they were seven and nine when I got, got to that okay, point. And got before it. that, like I said, I was monkeying around and in the real estate was before that too. I did have an LLC for the real estate, but I didn't have any idea what I was doing. I was just yeah. checking off the boxes that someone told me to set up this business. You know, I went to the boot camp, I paid all the crazy money, you know, went for the weekend, got all this stuff and then, you know, went home and consumed all the courses and, and got some advice from my mentor there and dove in and just started doing things. Um, but yeah, when it, when I started created the LLC and started doing some coaching and then actually tacked on some other things, I became business partners with my best friend from college. 
And we, oh my goodness, I don't even know what we thought we were doing. But, you know, <laughs> we had some success too. And we learned a ton along the way. And actually, we were business partners from like 2007 until, well, three years ago, she had to leave because her husband had a, a terrible accident. And so they needed to just focus on family and getting him through that. Yeah. Wow. So, so, yeah. so now I'm looking, now we have to come back to this because now I have to ask even a deeper question. <laughs> what are your parents doing? How did you grow up? Because it sounds like you grew up. I mean, like, I, I mean, I, 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 I gotta know if it's like a nature nurture thing, but you sound like you just kind of jump into things. You have this entrepreneurial spirit. Like you have that gumption of like, I'm going to go try something. And then you actually pull the trigger. Cause what I have found is that most entrepreneurs that, that are builders um, have that gumption, right? They have like that audacity to like, just go try something and pull the trigger without fully knowing what they're doing. And it's like, we're like nine. I mean, I, this is a number that I came up with, so there's no stats in this, but I feel like over 90% of the people that like want to do this, like they stop at the point of doing. And so it's so like, it's so delicate, that small line of like difference between someone that like just goes and does it and the people that like over process, analyze and try to get everything perfect and they never end up doing it. Yeah. Um, I don't know if you feel like the same way about entrepreneurs or not, but like, it sounds like you have this kind of like audacity and, and courage and, and uh, the gumption that like, you know, allows you to pull the trigger on things and just try stuff. Yes and no. <laughs> I, I actually am not a hundred percent in that entrepreneurial mode. I, I've always noticed that that I mm. have less of a risk tolerance in things. A little piece of that was desperation because you know when I said I'm trying some different things and I tried the real estate. Yeah, my husband had quit his job first due to the incredible stress levels. Oh wow! We just—I mean, he—he he called me up one day just just venting, totally venting. And, and while he was doing that, he's like, I just want to quit. I just want to quit. And the words just came out of my mouth. I'm like, then quit. And fortunately, mm. it was a Friday. So we had all weekend to ponder this and, and make a rational decision around it. But our rational decision was yes, quit. Because I told him, I said, bottom line is if you don't quit, you're gonna have a heart attack anyway. This is absolutely ludicrous. So yeah. you take some time, recuperate from this. You know, you can take over most of the girls homeschooling and I can go and play because I'd been having this idea like I wanted to work, but not not in an office. I didn't want to be at somebody else's beck and call. I wanted I wanted the control and the freedom. And I don't mind the responsibility of doing my own business, my own thing. Wow. So I had to do this. this. This was not like, well, I'll dabble in it. You know, everything's good. It's like, no, we have zero income. We are living on our savings right now. Your back was against the wall. Yes. So that was initially, you know, that was part of it. And then later, um, when That's I mentioned, amazing. I went to business with my best friend from college. She is an entrepreneur from tip to toe. I mean, that she's back into it now again. She also does stress relief, but she focuses more on the mental health aspect and helping people with some supplements and things that my family's using and are amazing. But anyhow, um, she is an entrepreneur. And so she carried, you know, she helped carry me through, nudge me when I get into a, a tough spot. And if I was like, you know, I don't know if I can do this kind of a thing, she would be there and not, not just, oh yes, you can do it, but help me honestly look at, you know, to go to the analytical side of me and go, well, why do you think you can't do it? Have yeah. you done stuff before? Yes, I've done stuff before. Mm -hmm. Okay, why is this different or harder or whatever? Why can't you do this if you did that? Oh, well, I guess I can. <laughs> 
So I had, I was very, very fortunate to, to have that time where my back was up against the wall and then to have her to, to help me keep moving forward. And, you know, and I did the same for her at times when things got tough. So it was the perfect storm. It was like the perfect mix. It was. Yeah. Like you, you had to do yeah. it. That's actually like really cool. I I love But that I don't story. recommend quitting your job first. <laughs> do not. 10 out of 10, do not recommend. <laughs> do your kids understand what you did? Do they do I they don't know? I think do they, they have the full impact of it. I mean, cuz now they're in their 20s. Yeah. You know, I now mean, they're now, now they're in mid and late yeah. 20s, right? Yeah. So this has been going on for a long time. They are fully aware that we went from a very middle class. I mean, for goodness sake, at the moment when I started doing this or or right before, let's back up to the moment before he quit his job, we had a stay at home mom with a working engineer dad. And then suddenly daddy was home and he was doing their schooling and mom's here, but we can't go in the office when this note's on the door, unless somebody's bleeding. (laughs) You know, I mean, just they, they lived through it. And it's interesting to talk to them. I mean, I never sat down and said, do you understand what we did? But just to hear comments from them and to see how it's shaped them. um, Both of them have said absolutely not. Because my husband, I said, you know, back then he was an engineer. He is also self-employed now. He's a math tutor. So we're both self-employed. And, you know, they've watched that and neither one is interested in that path at all. Which is fine and it's great, yeah. but um, and I think part of that comes from watching some of that hardship and also watching. You asked about my upbringing. No, I also grew, grew up. It was a very middle class suburban mm. home. Um, my dad also was an engineer, and when I was young, when I was born, my mom quit her job and. I have an older brother. So she was home with us and she went back to work uh, when I was in junior high. She was anticipating two college educations. Yeah. And she well, went and back to it. But even that. Hmm? Oh, sorry. Go keep going. Yeah. So even, you know, so she went back to work and that was kind of a part time part of the year, full time working in a tax office. So, you know, January through April, she worked full time. The rest of the year was part time. And it was very much grow up, go to college, get your degree, and you will, you know, get a good job, you will be secure, all of that, which I appreciate that they were did that and that they sacrificed for us because they also put my dad through college. So, you know, that was a lot. And I like most entrepreneurs, I don't believe that. I don't believe that having that job is a security. So um yeah, yeah it was something I never thought I would do course i never thought i'd be married either and here i am married with two kids 30 almost 31 years so wow congratulations that's amazing thanks um that's such a cool story i i like love this story so much um because you you definitely broke the mold of um the the nurturing environment that you had and Mm -hmm. you and probably was almost whimsical because you it sounds like you just kind of responded gutturally to the situation your husband was going through the strife that he was going through and you just kind of reacted and said well just quit and then yeah. that kind of like forced functioning, uh, forced forced all these kind of like things to like lock into place. Well, then if I do quit, then how do we live? <laughs> and so you had to like solve for it, right? You just had to start yeah. solving for it, which gave you the courage, but also the need to like go figure it out. Mm-hmm. 
That's yeah. incredible. Problem solving. That. That's my thing. That's what I love. I love it. And then, so then when you landed on coaching, did you know that it felt right? Like, there's like, oh, this is it. Like, and that's why oh, you it was did this. amazing. I mean, the first time, yes, I was nervous the first time I coached a client. Yeah. But it was absolutely amazing. And, and I say coaching and I just, I guess it doesn't essentially matter. I technically, I guess you could say, yes, I'm a life coach. And mm, I told you I'm a math major. I worked in quality control in corporate. So, you know, I tend to like, these are things that if you want to be stress-free, like you need to learn. So it's this East meets West thing again, right? It's yes, I'm listening to you and what's happening there. And then it's more about, I'm pointing out things I'm hearing you say. Yeah. Helping you get those aha moments, but also having a structured program that we're working around. I use my three by three framework and we work through that. And so that it's, it's a, almost a combination of teaching and coaching. And, and I loved that. Same thing when I was in corporate, I loved doing training that, that was a blast. Just watching people find things that help them. Yeah. That makes my heart sing. And so now, yes, it's, it's watching people cultivate that calm inside of them and to discover that they can have that all the time, anytime they need it, like it's there and you can access it. That's the best feeling in the world for me. So yeah, I, I absolutely love it. Even when I wasn't doing it in the forefront of our business, when we were, I was working with Judy on other things, I just kept coaching clients in the background. That was always the thing that made me happiest. It's awesome. And then if we can uh, kind of, um, kind of like hopping all over the place. Cause this is like so fascinating. <laughs> so you have, so just to go back to the main part of the show, which is, you know, being a parent. So can you talk to me about, you have two girls. You can talk to me about your two girls real quick. Just how, I how, do. Yeah. yeah. So I have two girls. They are now, um, 25 and 27. Got it. So and like, like I said, like they grew up yeah. in this. Yeah, yeah, they, they are. Although with COVID it's weird because we got this bonus time. Like, yep. you know, oh, we, we live on the west side of the state in Michigan, right on Lake Michigan. Mm-hmm. I mean, the house isn't on Lake Michigan. Our town is on Lake Michigan. Yeah. And um, my daughter is technically working in the Detroit area. She's just doing it from her bedroom here. And my other one is still experimenting a little and kind of trying to really find her path. She's tried yeah. a few different things and she's still doing that. So she's with us as well. And it's been awesome to have some bonus time. I mean, miserable to be in the midst of COVID for that. But um, yeah, so they're adults and yet we still have them right now. And it's, like I said, it's, it's fascinating to me to have this much of a window into them as adults yeah, and to see how they think and function when they grew up with all this quite cra- frankly, craziness. Yeah. yeah and, exactly. and actually yeah. my one daughter, she does work for me. You know, she does VA work for me in the nice. business. That's one of the things she was trying out going, do I want to be a VA? Yeah. Um, and she doesn't like that self-employed aspect. So no, she does not. <laughs> oh, got it. But uh, they, it, I think they learned a lot. I think they learned, I think they learned to see me as a person and mm. not just mom much earlier than other children than their peers did. Because like I said, they, they were small when I started coaching and, and, and I was messing around with things before that. So seven and, you know, seven and nine, and they go upstairs to the bedroom, which was my office. And there's a note on the door that says, you know, mom will be available at whatever time. Mm -hmm. Knock if somebody's bleeding, if dad's unconscious or whatever, (laughs) you know, here are the list of things that you reasons you can knock on the door. And I'd hear them out there, you know, whispering to each other going, 
well, can we knock? Can we do it now? Can yeah. Okay. And then they'd want to know what I was doing in there because I'm behind a closed door, right? So I think they just got more of a perception of me as a human being, which kids don't normally get when they aren't part and parcel of our work. Yeah, totally. I mean, they were exposed they were exposed to more, whether you were directly telling yeah. them or not, they were exposed to more. I mean, I would say that they, they have a, a bigger picture of you because you had to do the adaptation. You guys swapped roles. You guys did uh, um, like a high five and tagged each other in and out. And like, so they yeah. saw that these things could change. They could be dynamic. And so whether they understood it or not, I'm sure it's somewhere in their brain, right? Like this kind of like exposure to more of who you are. It's fascinating. Um, yeah. I, I, um, I like, for example, I don't really know if my kids understand what I do for a living. Right. Cause like, it's just such a mm -hmm. compartmentalized thing. And then it's just that mom, you know, takes care of them and, and she's a stay at home mom. And we made that conscious decision and we mm -hmm. moved to Texas to like, you know, lower our cost of living and be able to afford to do yeah. that and all those good things. <laughs> but I don't think that they understand what I do, you know, like, like very, very um, vaguely. I, I mean, I think my oldest who's five, um, says you talk to people and you push buttons on a keyboard and i'm like oh that's that's about right yeah that sounds about right um and she'll and, and you know in no sense of like you know like privacy or concern and and i mean especially with covid right it's just like so hard because like she'll just walk in and, and like whenever she wants to and she'll just say hi to people on the screen and then she'll grab what she wants and then walk back out right like she just like there's no there's no there's no separation and that's partially my fault but also um, oh, I want like, to just back up there a second. Why is that fault? I, I mean, I was talking about, you know, my kids getting to know me. So yeah, they found a closed, closed door sometimes. Other times they found the door open and they knew they could come in, but they couldn't chit chat with me. They could bring mm. their stuff in and work. Yeah. Like they could color, they could play, they could do their homework, they could, whatever. But I, that's part of what I'm saying is when you take away that separation, I think that they get a better sense of a parent as a person. A lot yeah. of parents I talk to feel guilty about, you know, doing work at home or working from home. And what I have found personally and with my clients' children, as I work, because mm -hmm. a lot of the women I work with who are busy are, they work from home or they're entrepreneurs. The kids don't usually have a problem with us working. What they have a problem with is the way that we don't draw boundaries and we mm -hmm. make them feel like we're always working, not paying attention to them. But when mm -hmm. we draw some good, hard boundaries, so they know like this is me time and this is work time and then allow them to come into that work time. I find that in general, kids like that and do well with that. And it improves the relationships between the oh, parents and the kids. I love so don't beat that. yourself up on that one. <laughs> no, I love that you just said that. And I'm totally going to cut that into a little uh, social post because that was really nice and sage. It was great. Um, I, I love that because I do feel guilt, right? Like I have this like guilt, like for example, like I can even talk to you about something that happened today. It was like a cowboy cowgirl day at school today. Right. And so like, uh, you know, my, my kids dressed up in like cowboy cowgirl outfits and um, I, I, I wanted to take pictures of them, um, you know, cause you know, commemorate it. Cause they're going to come home just completely thrashed. Right. I mean, they just play the dirt and like, we live kind of in the country, so it's like all bugs and dirt now, you know? And so I'm like, oh, this is going to be a great picture. But like, I wasn't able to get away from work to go do it. So I just like was texting my wife in between meetings. I'm like, just the amount of guilt I have that I couldn't like stop to like take a picture of my daughters during this like thing. And she's like, you're so dumb. It's not a big deal. Like, it's not, it's not the end of the world, but like, I can't help the way I feel. Right. Like, I just feel like there's like this guilt around like uh, building a business and working and, and meeting, meeting needs of the business. And then also being there for these moments. 
And, um, and I think it's just more psychological to your point. It's like, it's like, um, giving yourself permission not to feel guilty, but also creating, you know, the healthy boundaries of like what that looks like and what that doesn't look like. Cause if you say it's bad, then, then it's bad. But to your point, like, why am I saying it's bad? Like, there's nothing bad about it, right? Like, if that's just the way that I want to operate. It kind of goes back to the thing that we first started this conversation with about you stopping your podcast because of different measures of success. It sounds like you did some discovery for yourself and said, hey, mm -hmm. these are some of the boundaries I want to create. Can you walk me through, like, those decision-making um, process that you went through, why you cut that out? Because it sounds like that's kind of what you did at a, at a more introspective level, right? Like, you're coaching your clients on this stuff, but it sounds like you did it to yourself a little bit. Yes. And this is actually the second time because I had what was technically considered an on-air internet radio show, but still effectively a podcast just before yeah. it got really huge. And I did that for five years. And that, one's, that one was specifically for families, but broader discussions than the parenting podcast that Judy and I started. And so I have been through that process before of having to decide to cut my podcast as part of my work strategy. So this time around, it was a little harder this time because this podcast was a passion project that Judy and I started to help families with emotional wellness. We saw all these teenagers, if they're depressed, they're addicted, mm. they attempt suicide. Her son had become an addict and attempted suicide. Mm. We had some issues happened in our home, which my eyes were open to really early because of Judy sharing her experience. Mm. So we decided to do some work in that area. And that's what we did. So we said, you know what, let's just talk to parents about all the stuff that's happening and let's, you know, let's get some experts, let's get some advice, some information for us on how to have good emotional wellness for ourselves, but to be teaching that to our kids. Because it's not having those skills that is leading them down, down these holes, right, of depression and anxiety and all of that. <clears throat> so there was that passion piece to it. And unless I am willing, this is where I went through myself, right? Am I willing to do this as a volunteer thing? Mm. The answer is no. Young, you know just how much time and effort oh, and energy yeah. it takes to, it, it, the podcast isn't, we just get on here and talk. There's all the pre-stuff and then there's oh. the editing and the post and then promoting it. And so I, you know, I think this one, when I'd figured out was taking like 24 hours a week. <laughs> Um, whether that's me or I'm paying someone to do it, I either have to have the podcast that's just right. to make the money to pay somebody or I need to be making money doing this. That's and right. so am, am I willing to put in 24 hours a week volunteer? And yeah. no, I'm, that's not, if I'm going to do 24 hours a week of volunteering, that's just not what I was going to do. Yeah. So I went, okay, volunteering's off the table. That's a boundary, right? Like I'm not going to do this. Then I just had to look at it from a business standpoint and go, okay, Yes, I have some sponsorship. Yes, the podcast, you know, it certainly pays its own bills outside of paying staff because there are bills there too, just for the services oh that you oh need and all yeah, of that. Absolutely. So like, yeah, it pays its bills. I make a little bit there. And what I found when I started getting sponsors is, well, that's another part-time job. So yeah. that 24 hours a week <laughs> wasn't even for sponsorship. And I I don't like that part. That's not fun for me. Yeah. And in the meantime, I'm I'm just itching to do more on the stress relief side for two reasons. One is I love that work. 
And two is the longer I did the podcast, the more clear it became to me that the one of the best things I could be doing for parents is helping them become the human being they need to be to parent in the way all these experts are telling us to parent. Hmm. And to do that, you got to be calm. If you're not calm, none of the rest of it works. So I just, I looked at it and said, you know, I'm I'm thinking that this is what I'm going to need to do to cut it. And then right after I made the decision, like right after I made the decision, I found out I have some health issues. And I was like, well, isn't that interesting? You know, the timing again of I was going to have to change some things in my business. And I already made the choice that gave me enough time that not only do I not have to cut back now on my coaching business, I can actually grow it and still manage the health issues that I need to deal with short term yeah. and long term. So that was for me that that's more that woo side, right? East meets West. <laughs> and the East side of me goes, yeah, see, you, you knew that you needed this space. You yeah. needed to be honoring you and what you need. And yeah. part of what I need is more time. So yeah. Sadly, yes, I had to let go of that. Um, but again, too, I just keep looking and going, 230 shows. That's there is plenty of information. I don't think we could possibly have a listener who has listened to all 230 shows. Yeah. So I don't feel like I'm leaving parents in a lurch either. Yeah. No, I, I feel like you've done. But that was a piece, right? Evaluating it like, oh, am I abandoning people? That's that helper side. That that's part of that part of me that likes to coach and you know de-stress people is the helper piece. So, long story, but that's how. <laughs> I love that answer. I think that's a great story because for me, it's like breaking down your thought process. And I love that you're you're so um, analytical and linear. Like it's, it's it's like the math side of you, right? Because like yes. you've basically broken down how you're uh, qualifying success and qualifying success for yourself and your business your values, like you, you've like basically created this very sophisticated Venn diagram. And it sounds like you've actually even put some numbers to it because you've actually calculated yes. the hours that you take <laughs> on it. So you've actually even processed that, uh, that, that those layers and pillars and come up with the success rubric for yourself. And uh, that's fascinating to me because I, I, I'm not necessarily a finance person, but I definitely lean towards um, uh, coming up with uh, conclusions or measuring success through um, numbers and analytics. So I definitely like resonate with some of the things that you're talking about. And I definitely track how many hours I spend on building this thing. And then I'm constantly weighing the benefit and the pros of like, you know, my emotional satisfaction of doing this versus how much it's costing me and just constantly monitoring that. Right. Because it's very delicate. It's very delicate. And that's, what's interesting too there young is, you know, you, you hit on that connection, which I don't know if I made clear when I was saying it, is yes, I had these numbers and I had the analytics and I was also weighing those against what do I want to do? And you heard me say repeatedly, I want to spend more time in the stress relief and meditation side. I want to help people learn how to be calm and, and access that part of themselves. So that's what I was weighing the numbers against. The first time when I got rid of my podcast, it was pure numbers. It was just, this thing is taking me 30 hours a week it is making no money. It has to go because I need more time to work on the things that actually make me money. This time there was a lot more. Well, and this is also me 10 years later, right? Yeah. So I'm a different me 
there's um, I'm very I'm much better at balancing the east and west and the math and the emotion. And so there's a lot more mix of that. But, but that's just what you said, too. Right. Is you went, I'm doing the numbers, but I'm also looking at me, my emotional satisfaction, which goes back to your emotional wellness. Yeah. And that goes into what kind of parent are you going to be? which is, you know, another piece of the entrepreneurial journey when that brings us so much joy, right? It makes us a better parent. Oh, I love it. I love it. So I have a really good understanding, I think, of how you like think about um, your business and your um, how you process decision making and, and, and the boundaries that you're drawing. Can I ask more poignantly about how do you qualify success of being a parent? Um, what do you what do you think a successful parent is? This is interesting, because it's such a big question and it, it, and it feels different when our kids are different ages, right? Oh, interesting. Yeah. So, well, when our kids are little, and this is one of the mistakes that we actually do make is we tend to look at kind of their behaviors, right? And go, am I doing this well? Like, do they seem content and are they reasonably well behaved? Mm -hmm. And now in their 20s, I'm looking at my kids and going, okay. So how are they navigating the world? What kind of relationship do I have mm. with them? And in that relationship piece, I think that knowing what I know now after interviewing a couple of hundred people and <laughs> going through more time parenting myself, I think that, that that relationship is actually a big piece of how I would quantify or qualify, you know, being a good parent is, do I have a strong relationship with my child? That doesn't mean they're happy with me. Mm -hmm. It just means that we have, we have a connection mm -hmm. that even when they are unhappy with me, like sometimes they can act out because they know I'm not going anywhere. They know I'll take it, not in a punching bag kind of a way. In a, you can get that off your chest and I will listen to you and honor you mm -hmm. that those are your thoughts and feelings kind of a way. Still have expectations about certain behaviors and things, but but to have that peace and, and to see that we're someone they can come to when, you know, when they're in trouble or when they have questions or when they're happy or when they want to do something fun. Um, and, and the older they get, the more of the fun side we get and the less of the the less of the acting out and rules and things that we have to deal with. Um, but I think, I think that's how I'm kind of looking at my girls and going, okay, my parenting is going well when they are standing up on their own two feet. And yet I see that they know they can lean on me when they want or need to do that. That's amazing. Beautiful. Beautiful. I love that you talk about the evolution of it as well, too. And I think that that's super uh, important. Um, I'm obviously in a very different stage, right? And so being able to think about that relationship is like just alien to me right now. <laughs> I mean, it's such a direct parenting <laughs> relationship, right? They literally like, like learning how to do stuff. So um, it, it is really, really great um, answer. Um, I'm going to um, switch gears real quick, uh, Sandy, and actually start asking you um, my rapid fire questions that I like to ask every guest, okay. uh, just so that we can make sure there's some symmetry to all these episodes. But this was um, a really great conversation about um, building. And I apologize that we uh, kind of got really into the rabbit hole in some of these things, because we probably went a lot deeper on your business than um, I usually do. But it was amazing. It was so fun to talk through that. That being said, let's jump into it. So what advice do you have for other parents and soon to be parents? 
I would say, number one, remember that just showing up is the number one thing to do. Stop worrying about getting it perfect, because even if you get it perfect, that's going to be a problem for your child. So mm. know that they'll learn from your mistakes and your mess ups, just like they learn from the things that you do well. Let them let it just be honest and be there with them. Hmm. Like you said, build that relationship, even when they're young, you know, start with that start with just being mindful when you're with them, being with them, really honestly showing up. Again, as entrepreneurs, don't show up with our phone in one hand and the kid in the mm. other all the time. Sometimes it's just going to have to happen. Yeah, and you just tell them, you know, I have to work right now, but I really want to be with you too. So I have to watch for these texts, but like make that the exception. Show up fully, mindfully be with them. For whatever time that is, if it's 15 minutes a day, then it's 15 minutes a day. If it's you know, 18 hours a day, then give yourself a break from that because you can't <laughs> be fully present 18 hours yeah, a day. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I love that. That's great. Um, uh, if you can go back and tell yourself one thing before having kids, what's the one thing you would tell yourself? I, I would tell myself the same thing that I, I just said to myself because nice. – one thing I regret is that I, I was a parent when my kids were younger who that analytic side of me was so strong. And in, in my, in my world where I grew up and everything, you know, parenting was more, not kids are seen and not heard it, it not like that, but I'm just saying there was, there was a lot less of the connecting and what do the kids think kind of a thing. Hmm. It was, like you're telling your kids, as you said, you know, you're teaching them how to do stuff. Yeah. But I would have, I would have told myself to, to just let it be more inquiry on their part and just let it unfold more and relax that things don't have to happen on time, perfectly, all of that. Just relax into being with them. Awesome. I, I can definitely take a page from that book. Jeez Louise. Um, what is the most surprising thing that you learned about yourself after becoming a parent? It's so, again, you know, being that this has been so long, it is so hard for me to separate the, my, just my own personal journey, my business work, mm -hmm. um, especially because for me, those are very intertwined. I, th so it's not necessarily tied to my parenting. And yet, as I've said, it comes into it. I think the most surprising thing for me is that I love, I love woo-woo stuff. You know, like I love meditation. That that changes me as a human being. That that makes me uh, so much better of a parent and a much better spouse. Hmm. That I would have never guessed. Hmm. Um, and... And, I, and that, that is a surprise to me, even though, like I said, it's not, it doesn't feel like a direct relation to my parenting. It, it kind of is. <laughs> oh, I love that. That's really great. Um, what's your all-time favorite business book or, big, or book in general? Well, this one for me is one of my favorites. And mm -hmm. it's not a business book, but it ties into my business. And that was um, Byron's Katie's, Byron Katie's book, Loving What Is. Mm. It's such a simple concept and talking about parenting and work, it just, it, it was my first self-development book that I ever read and it really had a huge impact on me. And then I also love Michael Port's work. 
I, I just, I found his, I don't have, remember the title of the book off the top of my head, um, but I, I love his strategy for laying out my coaching business and growing through relationship. It's awesome. Thank you for that. I haven't read either one, so I'll have to check them out. And then my final question is, when you're not um, building out your coaching business or being a mom, what do you do for your downtime? What do you do for yourself? So I, I love to read. I love to hike and camp. Nice. My family, we do a lot of that. It's one of the reasons I said, you know, I, well, I don't think I told you I was from the Detroit area originally. I mm-hmm. said my daughter's working there. Um, but we moved to the west side of the state. And part of that was to be by Lake Michigan and have more areas with easy access for trails and things. Just spending time out in nature. There's awesome. that hiking, beaching, camping. That's my favorite. And, and reading, most definitely. That's awesome. Yeah, that's great. Sandy, thank you so much for taking the time to talk to me today. I thoroughly enjoyed our conversation and um, I really I really think that our listeners will enjoy your story as well too. It was really, really wonderful to have you on. Oh, I appreciate you having me on the show, Young. This was so much fun. And like I said, your your podcast, I think is just so helpful just to hear other people in the trenches <laughs> doing what we're doing and just know that if you're here and you're listening to this, then you already are a good parent because you wouldn't be paying attention to it if you weren't. Thank you so much, Sandy. I'll talk to you soon. Thanks, Young. Thank you again for listening to The Girl Dad Show. To help our show grow, please let us know who we should interview next by filling out the form on our website or commenting below.